Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We are thrilled to have you back with us. Did you love our recap of summer, Surviving Summer series last week? I know Surviving Summer has been such a blessing to me, and I'm so thankful that we were able to do this. And I loved the recap last week, talking about things that have really made a difference for us this summer and the things that our guests have taught us. It's been awesome. My kids officially went back to full days of school starting Mm. today. Um, so that was great. Our little, um, our middle son, his first full day of school is today. Like of all time, he's never, ever been to school, um, for a full day or even a half day. So this is big. And then our oldest is really ready to go. I wanted to tell you guys a funny story. Tiffany, you're going to love this about my oldest. I'm looking forward to it. So, um, you know, he's very, very confident. Like you, he has never met a stranger and he also has zero filters. Anything he's thinking about sharing with you, he is going to. He does not <laughs> mind telling you about yourself. Like, he's just wired this way. No idea where he gets it. And then <laughs> he goes, our youngest, on the first day of school, there was a mom and a little kid having a very, very hard time. But the mom wouldn't leave. And as all you parents know of little kids, you're like, go, leave. Woman, you need to leave. If you don't leave, we're going to have problems. And of course, we yeah. have problems. The kids start screaming. He's hollering for his mother, which I totally get. I have empathy for it. And at the same time, I have a little kid who gets shut out of the classroom because they're just trying to keep that kid in the class. And then my little one has to get walked around with three other little kids who are still outside. So this is making his first day also pretty And then my oldest, in contrast, gets to his classroom and the door is closed already. I don't know why they close them like right on time on the first day of school. Oh, yeah. On the first day. On the first freaking day. Maybe but the listen. 12th day. Okay, exactly. Okay, That's LA's crazy. doing too much. Like, doing New York, they would keep it open for like 15, 20 minutes. And, he, yes. and LA's like, no, it's 7.55, door closed. Stop. But my oldest, he gets to his classroom, the door's closed. And then this dude walks right up to the door and he's like, bang, 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 bang. Like, he's the freaking <laughs> police. <laughs> <laughs> so the teacher's like, hi, Levi, you know, like. Oh, my God. And she's super sweet. She's French-Canadian, like, very sweet, very fun. Oh, my gosh, you guys. So the two contrasts of my children is just absolutely hysterical. But we're okay. making it. Is we're this a window it. into their future of how they will handle things? Oh, one I'm is like, sure. bang, bang, bang on the door. And the other one's like, you know, I'm going to walk the block. Just absolutely. give me a minute. I'm going to be back. It's going to be fine. <laughs> I think so. I think so. And kids are so great because they – you know, they're not quite in established roles. You know, as you age, you get to this place where you're like, this is my role in the family. This is the thing that I do. And I feel like they're at this age and I hope we keep it this way where they don't develop a role in the family that they have to stick to at all times. But I think what's been cool is watching them, you know, sometimes Lucas is very, very bold and sometimes he's very shy. And then Levi, in contrast, is very, very bold, like out in public and sometimes at home, very, very shy. So it's like really cool to see Mm. that we all have this mix of, you know, very bold and very shy. <laughs> oh, they're becoming. They they're are. becoming. So there oh, I go. love it. Are you hanging on there, it. Tiffany? Girl, you know, it's just it's just endless summer over here. So we are just hanging on by a thread. I keep throwing in pretzels and mac and cheese and hoping for the best. But um, no, we are. I, I, I am on the hunt for pants that fit my kid. That's really what I am. Guys, I've got a kid with like a five, six waist 
and yeah. is 16 length. So yeah. the kid grew like four inches this summer. So we're yes. just we're just trying to clothe him. And you know we're just we're just back to the basics. Tall just, people pants is hard. I'm sorry. I mean, tell me how to do this, Ashley. Oh, You're you know what's have so funny? to pay more money than you want to. That's how you do it. <sighs> to be perfectly frank, <laughs> where's the big and tall for 11 year olds? Like I need yeah. to know. <laughs> I know it's tough. It's really tough. I, I will tell you though, I uh, th- my kids always want to see pictures of your kids and, and pictures. And you sent um, oh. it was almost the first day of school, or I think it was the back to school night, and you sent me pictures. And <laughs> Jericho and Kingston are like, "Wow, Levi's smile has changed." I was like, guys, that's Lucas. No, this one's <laughs> Levi. <laughs> and they were like, "Whoa." Yeah, he's a giant person. He really he's okay. also in size twelves. So Yeah, I was gonna say you, <laughs> For I think a seven you mentioned year old. he's a yeah, size twelve. So there he's you go. He's a giant there kid. Go. Oh. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, you know what? School starts in what? I think I have another two and a half weeks or so. Oh God bless you. Oh my gosh. Everybody up your prayers for Tiffany and all the folks who are waiting for endless summer to be done. You know what though? I'm taking that Ashwagandha. I'm staying faithful. Getting my eight hours. I'm doing all I can, people. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we have an episode today that is going to be a blessing and a help to you because we have one of our favorite writers, KJ Ramsey, is with us today. And she has written several books, but just recently wrote a book called The Lord is My Courage. She's a therapist as well as an author and is a beautiful soul. I I feel so full following her. There are Mm. a certain small group of people that I'd love to follow online on a regular. Like I get sad when I miss their posts because the writing is beautiful and it's thoughtful and helps you reflect and really think about life. And she also gives a lot of permission and freedom for you to be where you are. And she's a trauma informed licensed professional counselor. And she really is so great at holding sacred space for people and for writers and for people's stories and their souls. Um, She's got a bunch of degrees, by the way, she's like super sharp and smart. Her writing's been featured in Huffington Post, Relevant Magazine, Health Central, Catalyst, And she's at this beautiful intersection of theology, psychology, and spiritual formation. She also calls Denver, Colorado home. So she can tell us all about nature because I don't be liking nature. So we need to hear some things about that. Yeah, we're indoorsy. Um, Yeah, we really are. I go outside so I can come back inside. No, Ashley Ashley has brought the outdoors indoors because now she's a plant lady. (laughs) That's right. So she gets to control how much nature she exposes (laughs) herself to. Correct. That's correct. So, KJ, please say hello to our people and welcome to Wyatt. Hi, I'm already I'm already dying of laughter. <laughs> I love it. I literally spent my weekend, um, like I spent all of Saturday on a mushroom foray. So, <laughs> yes, like um, while you are controlling how much nature you expose yourself to, I'm like actively going and I'm like this is how I want to spend every single weekend, and I'm going to have like withdrawals <laughs> when mushroom season is over. <laughs> Well, I do enjoy your pictures online. Like, they're Thank very you. beautiful. I like to look at them. I just don't want to forage with you. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, okay. That's, that's okay. That's okay. That's Respect. amazing. KJ, do you have, like, big dreams of going to Italy and doing, like, truffle hunting? Oh, I mean, my word. Mushroom now hunting I is do. legit. Goodness. That's, like, really. But I thought you know, the truffle hunting was, like, pigs and hogs do it with a person. <laughs> Isn't that well, right? I don't even. I feel like I saw this I on Top not, Chef or something. Maybe I haven't even. I haven't even gone there in my mind. I'm just right now. Right now, going like in the mountains near us, and I also I do want to go to some mushroom festivals. 
Mm. But um, the big one is in Telluride, and it's it's kind of expensive. So I'm hoping for like next year, maybe I'll go to the big one in Telluride. But I haven't. Hold on. I this haven't is like extended. a whole vibe. This is a. It's a the, whole There's thing. a situation where it's a community. Okay, and I bet there's like chefs there and stuff, right? Hold on, I just want to know that I get to eat when I get there. <laughs> right? You know, there are actually at the end. So I'm I'm in this club. I'm not going to say the name of it. But um, I am in a mushroom club here, and oh at the end gosh, of <laughs> the end of the season, there is going to be a big feast where yeah, we all awesome. like make different mushroom dishes and then eat them together over wine. And I am oh, so excited for it. it. This is my first year in the in the club, so it's all new to me. But I I have fallen in love, and it is such a delight. I know that in here I live in I live in the Seattle area and here so many chefs are into that like that is a big yes deal to go oh yeah hunting. so yeah I, yeah there's some all expensive I that with this fine ones dining. out there you know what <laughs> yeah. I just realized that it's the Portland episode the Portland season oh of yeah Portland Top Chef oh no Top Chef oh yeah they I do think mushroom foraging mm, yes yeah. and they go mushroom foraging so it totally is Pacific Northwest <laughs> it's really funny yeah yeah there's I mean the the climate <laughs> is perfect there for it because you need a lot of moisture for the mushrooms yeah, to really that. thrive yeah. Look at that, man. Yeah. I mean, my hair is with the mushrooms. <laughs> Woo, I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, that is the coolest thing a guest has ever shared about themselves after the bio, by the way. Like, if you there know, was that's hilarious. Grammys I... for why, though? You just got the gold. <laughs> One of my editors, my poetry editor the other day was like, saying oh I want to join a club now you're so cool and I was like you know what it's really funny how cool takes on a new meaning over the span of our lifetime because this would not be cool as a 13 year old no it would not be oh gosh it's no you'd have to like leave your school probably if you told people about that like I was like mom I need to be homeschooled now I told the kids about mushrooms I mean because I I was this big of a nerd as a child and I did not have very many friends and that is not surprising <laughs> I love it but so much. you know you know we get paid now we now we can get paid for the things that we were made fun of for as children Come on, I just think that's, that's right. excellent that's a good yeah. point yeah <laughs> look at how you so that's my that life up. come on girl <laughs> you, yeah, she's she's canceling you right now why though she can't even help herself I know she's amazing <laughs> it's yeah. too good it's too okay. good Okay, well, tell us a little bit about your writing journey, because I really do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you as a writer, even though there are so many other Mm -hmm. parts to yourself, not just the mushroom foraging, but also, you know, you're a therapist, you have this incredible background, but talk to us about how your writing has influenced your life and when you started doing it and how it forms your faith. Yeah, so I think my relationship with words has been perhaps the like one of the most grounding relationships throughout my whole lifespan. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up in a really chaotic household. um, And so I learned to read really, really young. And I just went into books as my safe place, as like where I could kind of hide myself, tuck myself away. Like even if I had to be around screaming, I could tune it out and just like get into, you know, like the boxcar children or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Anne of Green Gables. And so I never, I never dreamed of becoming an author, but books were my safest place. And then in college, I realized that it was not normal to enjoy writing papers as much as I did. 
that like all my friends were complaining about having to write yet another paper. And I was like, this is the best. And I want to stay up all night. And I love finding resource, like finding sources and hanging out with the librarian. And this is wonderful. And um, it was like realizing, okay, this thing that some that like a lot of people don't love is the thing that makes me come alive. And there was it's been a long journey to actually like writing my own books, but I think finding like following the path of what makes my heart sing and, and feel safe has mm. been the story with writing all along. Um, so that's, that's the beginning of it really. Um, and, you know, finding, finding just resonance with other people, um, initially started writing more publicly outside of like writing marketing stuff in a, in an early job um, for other folks, but with just needing to find people like me who I have a, at this point, I have like a whole buttload of autoimmune diseases, but like at the time I had one and I couldn't find anybody else who was young and sick. And so I turned to mm-hmm. Instagram to find other people like me and just feel a little bit of solidarity and hope that like I'm not alone in this and that was really where I started to write words publicly and share about my life publicly Mm. and obviously that took on a bit of a life of its own yes I love that It, it is so evident your intention and liberation um online I think the internet is a dumpster fire Instagram is dance videos and TikTok posted <laughs> Instagram and so many things that you're like, oh, and then uh, yes. we find you and you invite us to be fully ourselves. And so I would love to know uh, a little bit more of how, not only that's how you first found yourself online and on Instagram, but how you have shepherded that. Cause you have shepherded it well, very, mm, very, very you. well. Um, and so I'd love to know a little bit more about um, how you show up at that digital table. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a, I'm like still kind of figuring out where do I want to sit at this table and how long do I want to sit at this table for in throughout the week? And what do I need to eat from this table? You know, there's a lot Mm -hmm. that's changing for me um, or at least maybe needs to change for me as my vocation and my career continue to change, but not that I'm like going away or anything. I just, you know, sometimes there's a lot of sugar on that table and you can't live off of sugar. Um, right. So just to be real, I'm, I'm thinking about a lot of this currently, but um, yeah, I just, I really find a lot of sustenance and joy and beauty. And so I think trying to subvert the, mindless scrolling that happens online with something beautiful something um that will that will nourish others that brings me a lot of delight um i don't i've never wanted what i offer the world to be i want i want you know there's this really old this just popped into my head following a little free association in my mind but there's this really old sarah grove song that's called i think add to the beauty add to the beauty i want i want to add to the beauty i don't want to Mm. add to the hatred i don't want to add to the vitriol i don't want to add to the angst and i have you know 
I'm an Enneagram four. I have a whole lot of angst that lives inside me, right. like a troll, like a troll under the bridge of my heart. But yeah. I want to add to the beauty. And yeah. um, I, I consider that like a, a calling. And that's taken different forms over the years. But um, it makes me really glad to be able to just put something out there that's good and true and beautiful. Um, and yeah, it helps people like look up and maybe, maybe even set down their phone and like see that even the view from their window is glorious. Um, or like there might be somebody smiling at them and that they could show someone else that their story matters too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like what's interesting about your desire to point people towards beauty is that it's so grounded in humanity. Mm -hmm. So you do mm -hmm. talk very openly about, you know, autoimmune uh, disorders that you're dealing with. And you do talk very openly about justice issues that are important to you. Mm -hmm. And you ground these and you talk about suffering and you talk about real life things that people are going through. And so how did you arrive at that place where, you know, you're not Pollyanna, like right. look at all this beauty in the world, even though the world is <laughs> right. literally on fire. And Ooh, yes. also not like we're gonna drown in our suffering. Might as well hang it up now. You know, like, I feel right, like you right, found right. this really good place to ground all of your love and passion for beauty and you're pointing people towards beauty in the context of a real human person. Like how did you do that? Well, okay. I don't again, I'm gonna go with something that just came into my head. Because this is how my brain works. But, you know, there's this hilarious song, White Woman's Instagram. I don't know if you've heard this, but if you haven't, mm -hmm. you need to pull up your Spotify and just go delight yourself with the wonder that is these people making fun of white women's Instagram. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I think remember this. Yes. It's so funny. I it's do like, remember this. It's like a foam, a foam art latte. Uh, oh, of course, yeah, like I do remember this romping through the snow. I don't know, just all these things that you're like, oh my gosh, this is so true. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think you know, I can make fun of myself that there's a couple things in that song that for sure have shown up on my page. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think as a woman who is disabled, as a person who has been abused by leaders in the church. Um, as an advocate for others, because I am a therapist and I hear trauma stories every single day, I cannot separate myself from the reality of the brokenness that pervades every aspect of our lives and every layer of our society. But, and I say, I should say, and I really don't like the word, but I like the word and yeah. <laughs> there's a duality here. I, I also, I am personally sustained by goodness mm. and I am, I am um, nourished by the presence of kind people in my life and literally by sunsets and um, yeah. by mushroom, you know, by seeing pretty things like tiny little mushrooms that I'm learning how to name. Um, it there there's a a ground like we have to there there's a whole continuum here i think that it is right to um help our 
culture, help our communities, even online, learn how to grieve. We are so poor. We're so um, illiterate in grief, in the language of grief, in our culture. And I think a lot of us who are very, feel issues of injustice very deeply and rightly so, we, um, we want people to grieve and lament how broken things are. And particularly Christians who like to, you know, just douse everything with a bunch of positivity hot sauce. Um, But I think that we can overcorrect and that really grief is, grief is more like a doorway um, to walk through. And so we don't just like, keep like walking into the door like some sort of bird flying into a glass a glass door like you're gonna hurt yourself you have to walk through the door of grief yeah I think grief like when we actually witness what's wrong and we we open our hands we give it back to God because we can't we cannot control everything it is it is too big for us we do what we can and we open up our hands then we walk through this doorway of grief and you are able to receive what is good too. Um, There's like a a dynamic interplay between grief and goodness and the way that I am sustained in my life that includes a hell of a lot of sickness and a hell of a lot of things that are, I would never have chosen for myself Mm, is by continuing to turn my attention to what is good. Um, Even as I, bear witness to what is wrong Mm -hmm. so that's why because it's what it's like literally what keeps me alive and not sinking into despair and like suicide suicidality at different points throughout the the length of my life Mm. oh I love that turning to what's good and bearing witness to what's wrong oh oh that's so beautiful that's so 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 beautiful wanna I I hope you find this as a compliment but when I read your work, you know who I'm reminded of? Someone who has led me from a distance and who's now gone on to be with the Lord, but Brennan Manning. When I read oh your work, goodness. I think of the goodness of Brennan Manning yeah, and just so how he was so, so vulnerable and yes. so honest with his yes. shortcomings and the hardest, darkest parts of life, but encouraged just never to stay there, but to yeah. continually discover the goodness of God and continually discover the goodness in life that can be found if you really suck the marrow out of it. And, and mm. I can't help, even as you're sharing now, I just, I, I'm just like, Oh, what a gift you are. What a gift you are. I just, I so thank you yeah, for that. That is um, so kind. Oh girl, you go write that in your journal tonight. Cause I mean, every word. okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm going to, I will receive that. I will receive mm. that. That's what I try to, yes, it's hard to receive, but I will receive that. Oh, it's I, true. I, I mean, every word. I Thank love you. that, Tiffany, because Brenda Manning was also, you know, an alcoholic and was so open mm-hmm. about that, about that struggle. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people who are deeply connected to grace and who can impart that to the world are deeply connected to their own pain and struggle. And not in a yeah. way, as you said, that sinks them, but in a way that's like, no, I stay connected to this for my sobriety and mm-hmm. for my sanity. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You just said the word sobriety and and that's a word that has been, that has been becoming really important to me recently. Um, If I think back to even what we were just talking about, like sitting at the table of 
social media or like how we share our words. Um, I, I felt this strange. I was good. Take us on a little left turn for a second. Um, <laughs> I've felt a strange shame of like that. There has been a lot of, a lot of readers finding my work. It's like this strange thing. You always, you want people to find your words, but then like something in me feels ashamed that so many have so quickly because I really value slow growth. And I'm like, wait a second, how are there all these thousands of people now? It's just, it's been weird. It's taken me for a little ride and I've been needing to replace um, shame over all of that. um, The reception of words with Mm. sobriety um, that like, I want to have a sober minded Mm. posture toward even receiving like the, the kind words that you just shared or like what the future of my career might be there's a sobriety that I think can free us um yeah. to like to receive the good to grieve the way our lives are changing like there's grief for yeah. me and some of like saying goodbye to the beginning season of the of my author life and like yeah. welcoming the new season um a sobriety about like okay there's all these books I'm next books I'm gonna write but like will my body allow me to do that yeah. like uh, yeah. you know just sobriety you know there's just such there's so many things that we can lace ourselves to um to find some semblance of um, meaning or feeling known. And those are all like our own forms of addiction. And I think Mm -hmm. that we all probably could use a good practice of sobriety. And that's kind of, that's a big area for me currently. I love that. Thank you for sharing. It's really beautiful and true. Absolutely. I welcome that viewpoint. Just even being able to grieve good things. (laughs) I think that can feel so, um, so unnecessary but it really is so valuable because as you're pointing out we can find our identity in in those good things and to be able to receive them without swallowing swallowing them whole and letting it become how we see the world and who we are yeah it's a it's a dynamic strange thing but i I, i'm finding it kind of freeing yeah Mm, it is i think that you know if we look back on the lives of the people in the Bible, which I think sometimes we don't make it human enough. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of my practices when I'm reading the Bible is to think about it from a very, very human lens. And I think that there were so many more rituals and so much, so much more opportunity mm-hmm. for people to process and grieve. And they were not coming up with 10 point plans for, you know, unless they were building the freaking temple or something or mm-hmm. Nehemiah reassembling the wall. Okay. Maybe some major plans there, but for the most part, people weren't forecasting what life was going to be. So I yes. feel like this, you know, perpetual disappointment that people feel, or even this resistance to grieving what, what was, oh. and what will be. Um, I think comes from the fact that we have so many options and everyone on earth is telling us that we need to forecast our life. And I think there is a better way that looks more ordinary and looks more one foot in front of the other and less like, this is the path. I'm going to chart it. This is what it looks like. God is with me. He's going to help me. You know, it's like, well, 
isn't that a little arrogant? Frankly, isn't it a little prideful? <laughs> and I want us to be people of strategy who are thoughtful and, you know, like, of course, like that, that vision makes sense to me. Like I really do get it, but I feel that we've taken it so far. And even the church, I think has taken it so much further because there's all this victory messaging around it. And then, oh, then you start to think yes. that yeah. you, the only way that you're a favored person of God is if you know, you chart your life and it happens for you. And oh, gosh. it's, it's so wrong on every level. So now people are not only disappointed with life, but disappointed with God and yes. God doesn't work. And this whole thing isn't what I thought it would be. And it's like, well, it was never designed yeah. to do that for you. It was never supposed to look like that. And so I appreciate that perspective uh, for, for those reasons. <laughs> so I just totally latched on to, you mentioned that people of the past like past people of god had way more ritual yes which gave them room to receive goodness and release grief um and for me since we've talked about writing a lot like well it's it's about writing but it's it's kind of pervading all of my life but um practicing ritual has given me room to really like release and repent of sin like to to repent in the truest sense of the word of like turn away from one thing and and turn my body and full self around to this like reality that god goes with me um and it's i think you're pointing out that like we just as a culture, we don't really know how to pause and, and well, we also don't know how to grieve as we've mentioned, but we don't know how to pause. And if we can pause, there's, there's times I think in which we need to give ourselves room to like make a line in our life, like a line in the sand of this is what came before and this is where I am heading and I will like mindfully bless what came before. And I will also repent of like confess the ways that I was not showing up fully as myself mm-hmm. and, um, and release that grief of how it wasn't what I wanted or I wasn't who I wanted to be right. in that season. And then like, I'm going to, because I let that go out of my hands, my hands now have room to hold what good is coming from God. Um, And I think like actual rituals um, with other people where there's like room to make the intangible stuff of our life tangible, represented, um, symbolized through different things that we can do or making art or burning things um, can like, actually give our our souls space to step into new seasons in our life with this like open-hearted trust that god does go with us um so that's been really big part of my writing journey is like some key moments choosing to invite some trusted people in to like be part of a ritual with me and that's coming up for me i'm planning one right now for this like transition of how do I want to sit at this table? Um, Cause I know I have to shift my seat yeah. and I need some people mm. around me to help me yes. release the way that I used to sit here. Yeah. And like, Oh, that's beautiful. Re- readjust. Yes. I love that. It's beautiful. And, and I powerful. just, 
I, uh, when I was thinking earlier, you said, wow, all these people have found my work so fast. I just want to speak to that for a quick second. You know, there are millions of us who grew up in evangelical Christianity and that's no longer resonating because there isn't mm-hmm. room to grieve. There isn't room to process. And there wasn't a healthy therapist view, honestly. It was just the, the say at the youth leader. Um, and then <laughs> yeah. there's this other side who are searching for the liturgical and something that's been around longer than America. And, and so I think that there is this perfect storm of this cultural moment where we're longing and hungry for something more. And the Lord has placed you for this moment, KJ. I just, I can't help Mm. it. I I just think that there is, you have met such a soulful need in so many of us and reminded us, oh yeah, we weren't wrong, hungry for a way to process these hard moments. And we don't want to gloss over them and we don't want to shove them under the carpet. We really do want to process this and, and you are showing us how. So I just want to, just want to speak to that for that. A quick second. And to our listeners, you have been spoiled today. You have been so spoiled. And I want to highlight some of KJ's work. Um, Her newest book, The Lord is My Courage. First of all, your artwork on this book. Are you kidding me right now? Are you so pretty? I feel like you got so lucky. Like everyone who's an author knows how hideous covers are. And the cover is so trashy. It doesn't matter how famous you are. It doesn't. doesn't Girl, you like whatever magic voodoo you worked on those um, creative designers. I'm proud of you. Yes. Oh, if you could let you. us know they, how you handled that, please tell yeah. us. <laughs> yes, I I will tell you too after this. My secret. <laughs> um, and coming in hot with another bomb title. This too shall last. Her previous work and so much of her writing. You can find it all. We'll have it all linked in the show notes. Um, but we are just so grateful for your work that you share with the world. Yeah. It is truly a gift. One that is forming and molding us. Um, as we search for the divine, as we search for the good, and as we work through our grief. So again, a big why, though. Thank you for joining us today. Mm -hmm. And listeners, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners. Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.